Monday, we thought about Jesus' emphasis on the heart. We were thinking yesterday about the authority of Jesus. And now we come to chapter 13, and it has seven parables, all drawn from situations ordinary people will have been very well acquainted with. The first one shows what Jesus observes to be the reaction to his teaching, and he gives his own explanation. He says there are those who ignore it, those who quickly accept but equally quickly fade away, those who allow money and the cares of life to divert them, and those who prove to be true disciples. There are two more parables about the value of the kingdom of God. That's the one about the pearl and the treasure in the field. Two others are about the way the kingdom grows in the world. And then there are two about the end of the age, which was not a new thought to the Jews. They bring a promise and a warning. And uh, we're going to look at them this morning because they speak about something in the teaching of Jesus that people today don't like to hear or think about. Uh, first of all, the parable of the weeds. The field is the world, said Jesus. The Lord himself is the sower, sowing good seed. There is an enemy who is also sowing seed. And what he sows is actually poisonous, but in the early stages it's not possible to tell the good from the bad. If the servants tried to root out the bad immediately, the weeds, the danger was that they would also root out the good. At harvest time, however, the difference between them would be very clear and the reapers would know what to do. And the parable of the net, well, this was a large net let down into the water and dragged to the shore. All kinds of fish would be caught in it. Reaching the shore, the fishermen would sort the fish into just two sorts, the good which were kept and the bad which were thrown away. Jesus, in his explanation, makes it clear that the, both parables point to the end of the age. That is, the time when God winds up the history of this world. Concerning the weeds, Jesus says, the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The righteous are those that have a right relationship with God. Concerning the fish in the net, Jesus says, so will it be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
the stories are clear. It's harder to avoid their meaning once Jesus has given the explanation. Both are saying the same thing. First of all, the, an end is certainly coming. The time of harvest will come, that is, the end of this present age. At present, those who want to go God's way and those who refuse and reject his way are in the world together. We're a mixed multitude. Humanly speaking, some may be of better character than others. But in the end, there are only two sorts of people, wheat or weeds, and only two sorts of fish. Either people that are in right relationship with God or they are not. We see from Peter's second letter that even in the days of the apostles, people laughed about the day of the Lord. Where is it, they said. And as Peter said, God is patient, not wanting that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. An end is coming and God will decide when it will be. It was the owner of the field that decided when the reapers would go in. The fishermen know when to sort the fish. The end will not be because of climate disaster or nuclear holocaust. People today can imagine those things. They can't imagine an act of God winding up the end of this present age. But God decides. Jesus told the disciples when he was on earth that he, even he didn't know when it would be. Although later the Apostle Paul could say, that day is already appointed. And when it comes, the end will be final. The fishermen don't put the net down into the water again. When harvest comes, neither the wheat nor the weeds remain in the field. It's the end of the growing season, just like the end of fishing. The old order of things has gone. The end of the age means that the world as we know it today will be gone, and the day of reckoning has come. To change the picture, the race has been run, and it will not be run again. What has been growing in the field is bound either for the barn or the burning, and the fish are either kept or thrown into the furnace. No opportunity for change, no second chance. What we are at the end of the age determines our destiny. So the end is certain, God decides, it's final, and there are only two destinies, said Jesus. He's speaking of heaven and hell. It's hard for us to imagine what hell can be. It is described elsewhere in the New Testament as outer darkness. Here, it's a fiery furnace. Clearly, it is a terrible awful end to be avoided at all costs. One Bible scholar, 
comments, one cannot escape the description of the emotional state of those designated as weeds. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, said Jesus. And clearly, he is referring to immense, almost unbearable regret. They will be conscious of their fate and will be overwhelmed by their contemplation of it. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we read about total isolation from God, deprivation of all good. And hell is no soft option. Similarly, it's hard for us to imagine what we call heaven and the new age will be like. Jesus says here, they will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. It reminds us of the blessed state of God's people that Daniel describes. He says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, like the stars forever and ever. It has to be a time of great joy, of blessing, of fulfillment. This is something really beyond our comprehension, something more wonderful than we can imagine. As we thought yesterday, uh, on Monday rather, it will be a time when we see God. Jesus will say of the faithful believer, I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He will own us as his people. And that leads me to go beyond our passage just a little bit and think about the glory to be revealed of our Lord Jesus. Yesterday we thought about the authority of Jesus, showing him the way he taught. He's our teacher, our redeemer, our Lord, and he will be the judge. Paul says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess, quoting Isaiah. In Daniel chapter 7, we read of the time when the books will be opened and it speaks of Jesus coming with the clouds of heaven which is exactly what Jesus told the high priest and the Sanhedrin. He said, you will see me, the son of man, seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Daniel goes on, to him will be given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. At the end of the age, we'll see Jesus in all his power, authority, and glory. And somehow, in some way, we shall have a small share in that. That's all part of heaven. How thankful we should be for the grace of God in the gospel. The true repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and the keeping work of the Holy Spirit 
we should be counted amongst the good seed and the good fish. We know we don't deserve it. How thankful we should be.